Josh, another episode, the penultimate one of the year. Did you enjoy the conversation? Doesn't penultimate mean last one? No, it means the one before last. Okay, the penultimate. Yes, I enjoyed the, the ultimate episode. would be the last one. Okay, yes. I very much enjoyed it. Actually, actually, it was it was a very, very good episode. Uh, we, what did we talk about, Hass? We talked about uh, the Chocolate Wars. Chocolate Wars we was talk- the big part. Well, that was the most important part. Uh, no, we also talked about the notion of the comfort zone and, uh, you know, the, the the different stages that one goes through outside of the comfort zone in terms of learning and being. And then we also talked about um, being authentic and showing up and why it's important not to hide. Um, I thought that was a really good conversation. So did I, Has. If people enjoy it, they should come and join us at 115 Miles Pod on Instagram. Enjoy the episode, and we look forward to the ultimate episode coming out after this one. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different, but we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. First time lucky. We're here. It, we're not used to this anymore. I like know, this, mate. All this, all this technology, right? I know. It's crap, Hass. It's crap. Easy, Tiger. It's not um, quite crap. It's just different. Yeah. What's uh, what's what's uh, a highlight of your week so far, Josh? Highlight of my week. Seeing me. A highlight of my week so far. Uh, <laughs> you're not even in the top ten, Hass. If I'm honest with you. Um, oh, that's disappointing. And I've had a crap week. no i haven't i'm joking it was my daughter's birthday the weekend so my daughter's fourth birthday party shout out to leah by the way because um you know we hired like a community hall like we do every year because her birthday's in december and then we get a big bounce castle in there and get all her friends there cake and musical bumps and all that sort of stuff um and if it was left to me she would have presents in the morning and some balloons downstairs so big shout out to leah for uh making sure that their birthdays are always special. That's amazing. What day was uh, the birthday? Sunday. Yeah, so that was technically last week, wasn't it? <laughs> what, so no, you, want me, to, you want me to tell you what's happened in yeah. the last day and a half? That would be... Yeah, that was the, que- that this, was the question. That would be that would be what be the highlight of your working week so far. <laughs> what would be the highlight of... Doesn't the week yesterday? actually start on Sunday? You know every now and then you buy one of them calendars... And the week on it starts, starts on, on Sunday. Sunday. And then all year, you keep looking at it thinking that Sunday's Monday. And then, a Monday. oh my days. So yeah. some people think that Sunday is the start of the week. But if you think about um, <laughs> Sunday being the day of rest, is that the start of the week or is it the end of the week, the, the day of rest? Well, from a biblical perspective. That's a biblical thing, yeah. So um, Chicken or egg? Hmm? <laughs> Well, it wasn't the day of rest. Uh, it, it doesn't matter anyway. It was, yeah, no, it was, that sounds like it was a um, a highlight for sure. What else, what, what, what else have you been up to so far? Um, so far this week, so I'm going to go just from yeah. Monday now. Um, yeah. 
I can't even... This I is a boring start, isn't it? Fucking hell, mate. Jesus. You right, put a lot of work into this. Have you, got, have, you got, have you got a highlight to <laughs> tell it. me? Are you building up to highlight. tell me a highlight? No? Have you got one? <laughs> You're the highlight, Josh. <laughs> You're the highlight. Uh, no, what, what, what have you got uh, lined up for this week? Uh, I mean, Heathrow later. Not going anywhere. Just doing a talk. Well, hey. Um, and other than that, a relatively quiet week this week. I'm out for lunch with somebody tomorrow, which will be very nice. Looking forward to it. Um, but sort of, I'm sort of winding down a little bit to Christmas now. I've got a couple of things next week. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm winding down. How about you, Mr. Rushed Off My Feet? Can't even stop to say hello half the time, Hass. Tell me about your busyness at the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real, man. Uh, no, it's uh, no. This is the last of the really busy weeks. Um, got a couple of workshops um, this week, and then um, next week we've got a few things going on. But generally speaking, it starts to wind down. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's, yeah, it's been it's been a busy end to the year. I've talked ad nauseum about it on this podcast. Probably bored everyone to death. Um, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the break. Um, uh, other than we, uh, our car broke down completely kaput. Uh, uh, so we have to try and get a car because we're due to drive um, uh, away uh, for Christmas. So I'm not sure that that's going to happen. So that's sort of something we need to figure out in the next seven days or something. And you're still in the dark ages of not going to leasing, and you should we have this conversation yeah. on on the podcast? Oh, I really don't think we should talk about uh, <laughs> car leasing for an hour on the podcast. I think we would completely lose every listener. Um, ah. Yeah. So are you looking forward? You looking forward to the break? I very much so looking forward to the break. Yeah. Um, Christmas pantomime on Friday with all the kids. This Friday we're going to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's sort of really kicking. We always wait till after Shay's birthday to then kick into the Christmas cheer. So okay. Um, I Decorations did, go up after Shay's birthday. They went up yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, yesterday, which was the start of the week, has. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Second day of the week, Josh. Sunday night, I did my absolute backside in with a load of roses chocolates I, oh, I got the right, I got the yeah. first you needed box to out. explain that yeah yeah oh, <laughs> okay. oh we need to talk about roses Ro ha hang on hang on roses is like probably one of the worst of the Christmas chocolate um all right well listen listen I'm not you're not allowed to have celebrations or heroes right because why well, because they they're like new, they're like so two thousand and one onwards. So let's so? let's talk. So you're saying so you were just talking about Quality Street or roses? Yeah. But then roses. <laughs> I'm not interested in your butt. Um, my butt is they right is the, you know the tin foil that they used to wrap the chocolates in. Yeah. Is that bad for the environment? Yeah, probably. It is? Yeah. Good point. Oh, no, I'm, I'm asking you. Recyclable. It's not. I don't have the answer, Josh, <laughs> but I imagine it's, they just, it's not you, very good for the environment. If you buy a box of roses now, they're the same size yeah. chocolates, but they're in these big plastic wrappers now. Half the box mm. is wrappers. Mm. Um, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about also, it. Also, the boxes used to be tins, didn't they? Yeah. They much better when they were tins. Yeah, yeah. And then you, yeah. Uh, 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 and after you'd had all the roses and that, you'd think, I'll keep that. 
I'll keep that because I might put some <laughs> screws or something in it. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. I've probably I've got an old tin in, those, the, um, in the in the shed, isn't it? An those, old tin full those, of screws and that. Yeah. That you never use because you don't <laughs> yeah, do DIY. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I do think Heroes is is the top of the list now. You know, it's a new entrant. It's the it's you know. What was Heroes? Generation. I don't know, mate. Celebrations have got Galaxy in them. See, there's a big divide for me. I don't like Nestle chocolates. Other than Maltesers, I'm, I'm a Cadbury's man. What, even after they got bought out by the American institution that changed them? Did you watch the Did you watch the documentary on chocolate the other day that was on telly? Like, back uh, in the I'm, day... I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I'm glad you've got time to watch <laughs> documentaries about chocolate. No, it was on like it was on like in the evening, right? So and it was like family viewing. I know you kick your family out of the living room, don't you? But this was family viewing, right? Um, yeah. And they used to proper go to war, mate. So I didn't realise. Hear this: the the Whisper Bar, yeah, was bought out as a direct like challenge to the Aero. And like they were proper secretive about it when they did it. It was all under lock and key and they tested it just in Newcastle to see if it went down well. So, and the whisper's better than the Aero, isn't it? Miles better. Miles better, mate, miles better. yeah. I think Cadbury is miles better, even though it's been taken over. Yeah, no, I think I, I probably agree with you. Have you ever been to Cadbury World, the chocolate factory? I have not. Take the kids there, mate. Take the kids there. Yeah? yeah, mate. It's really good. It's really good, honestly. Feed their, feed their sugar addiction. Yeah, mate. It is good. And your own. Ah, all right. Uh, yeah, my own, yeah. <laughs> I, I may not come back out. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, I, 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 do, I do think that the Cadbury, though, have really, you know, really continued to innovate, whereas I don't think anyone else has. What? Give me an innovative Cadbury's bar, then. The Marvellous Creations. The popping... No, no, I'm not having it. Yeah, it's just good. chocolate with bits that get in your teeth. And they pop and crackle. Yeah, no, I'm not having it, mate. If you think that's innovation, Whoa. if you think that's innovation, no wonder you're busy. Just look something <laughs> like that. Because you're just trying to do one of those, Josh, Josh kind of, I'm going to just get a bit aggressive. The list, what do you mean by, if you think that's innovation, no wonder you're busy? Because you're just busy trying to be us. innovative, aren't you? No, don't try that. Don't just replay the words in a different way. What does that actually mean? Come on, I'm putting you on the spot. Hash, we're nine minutes into this podcast, right, that that, that is your week, right? And so far, it has been crap. So you need to... Yeah, you I don't think it has. I think it's, been, it. I think it's been brilliant. I think it's been brilliant. No, I think the chocolate so debate is one that's needed. Jovial. It's one that's needed. You brought chocolate, to be fair. You brought chocolate up, I think. So, Neil, Neil Donald Walsh. Do you know who he is? Uh, no. There's no reason you should, uh, Josh, <laughs> but I just thought I'd bring him up. He, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, was the person that first coined, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Oh, okay. What do you think of that statement? Um, life begins... If I really wanted to pick it apart, um, I would say that I don't know if it begins there. Um... But it's certainly needed. So I like it. As a statement, I like it. I don't want to overpick it apart. Yeah. I like the statement. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always liked it. I've always used it in coaching. And I think there's something really powerful about it. Um, but uh, the reason I want to talk about comfort zone is because I want to talk about um, 
a conversation that we've been having recently around um, us and you know uh, social media and you know what's kind of what, what what's happening with people that are in our space um, around like pushing uh, pushing the boundaries of their personal branding and marketing and using things like reels and TikTok and stuff like that and um, we we've seen you know we've seen people that are really blowing up by you know by putting these smart little videos mm-hmm. uh, for their audiences they're funny they're humorous but we don't always think that's the case as we've been talking about and um i'm curious how much of that is because we know that to do something like that ourselves or our own versions of that we would have to really push out of our comfort zone um so it just got me thinking about you know the notion of the comfort zone uh and the sort of the stages and there's there's an infographic that was going around um you know over the last sort of year or so and it sort of shows the different zones um that that are connected to comfort zone so you've got the comfort zone which is where you feel safe and in control then you have the fear zone which is actually where i think part of our conversations has been orbiting which is affected by other people's opinion we find excuses we're lacking the self-confidence you then go from the fear zone into the learning zone where you sort of deal with the challenges and the problems, you acquire new skills, and then you get into the growth zone where you sort of, you know, you find a purpose in that activity, you set new goals, etc. And I think um, some of what's been showing up for us is, is, I guess we've been mocking, there's no other way of saying it, we've been sort of mocking some of the people that, you know, um, <laughs> dancing and stuff like that. Um, but I think a lot of that probably comes from our own fear zone, actually. And... Um, and so I just wanted to talk about that really and, and, yeah. and just the comfort zone in general. I think it's, I think it's, uh, no, I think it's, firstly, I think it's a really good conversation. So you've, you've saved yourself after a horrific first 10 minutes has, I think you've set up a really good conversation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you for that validation. I think this is better than the chocolate. No, um, I do think a lot of it is fear, right? Uh, not all of it. I do think, so I think a lot of the reason uh, I might verge into that kind of mocking it. it is normally born out of my own discomfort because I know that I want to kind of stretch myself a little bit to do it and I can't, right? Um, yeah. But to take the stretching analogy, I do think some people do overstretch and almost sort of sell their soul um, in an attempt to kind of reach further with their with their things. And I think there is a difference. I, there are some people that I see that dance, do all the dancing stuff, right? And you can you can tell it's very them. Um, it's not forced. It's part of their personality and it really fits into what they're doing. Um, there is a bit of jealousy in me when I see the people doing that because I wish that I could do that um, because I'll be very clear with you. I feel like I could probably get some of my social media stuff to blow up if I could do that. I can't do that, so there's mm-hmm. jealousy. I may find myself being judgmental of them. And I do think there are some people that I watch and I think um, that's as painful for you to do as it is for me to watch. And um, it feels a little bit uncomfortable. And it sort of feels like selling yourself out, right? Um because it's one of the things, sorry, I'm going a bit tangents here, but one of the things I think about with reels, right, um, is that they're only 30 seconds or 60 seconds, right? And ideally they need to be under 30 because they're the ones that tend to go big or whatever. Um, 
it's really important with the work that I certainly know that I do, that I really, I do let the truth get in the way of a good post. Because in 30 seconds, it's very easy to put something together that I hope will go big and get eyes on what I'm trying to do for the right reasons, right? But that actually the message will be completely lost and it becomes watered down and, and is against. And that would be me selling my soul um, to try and go viral. Yeah, I, I I do think it's an interesting point you make though, um, and it's sort of communicating in any way. Like I don't do reels, and I, I I'm I'm interested and I, and I consume them as content, uh, and that's why they work, right? Because you know they just sort of show up and you just get you know pulled into them. Um, but I like to write, as you know, and I you know I I like putting posts together on um, LinkedIn because that seems to be the place where I can really find the right level of space to communicate my thoughts and you want to have impact you don't you, you know anyone that says they don't want to have some sort of impact is but yet they they post in some way social on uh, publicly is lying yeah because otherwise what just do do it in your close circles have it in one-to-one -one conversations so of course when i write i want to have an impact but i'm not trying to write to go viral because but i do want to share something at scale and that's just how i operate um in the world as well like I want to be able to make a difference mm. so when I do write I write in a with with a sort of a particular framework in mind you've got to grab people's attention you've got to try and get them to kind of um you know keep going and you want to get them to the end of whatever you're trying to say sometimes it lands sometimes it doesn't um so uh sometimes your message does uh need to fit uh, you know, the, the framework to enable you to have that impact. So I sort of can see where it comes from. Yeah, and, and there's definitely, you know, there's a there's a middle ground here, isn't there, right? I know for me, when I first started doing this work, I did a lot of like almost oversharing online that was driven solely by people were listening to me. I felt like I'd never been listened to and I was loving it. I got addicted to it, yeah. So I was literally trying to go viral, trying to get posts because I was consumed by getting the likes and stuff like that. And I think all of us, if we were being totally honest, can find ourselves pulled into that. It's an amazing lure, right? I've had lots of, or lots, I've had quite a few things that have gone viral, right? Actually, what happens for me is at the beginning, I love it. It's exciting. It's like, wow, every time you go on there, there's like just more and more stuff. And then actually, what every time I've gone viral with something, I don't go on, I, I get to a certain time of the day and I don't go on it for the rest of the day because I feel overwhelmed and it makes me feel icky and horrible, right? Because it's too much. Um, but th that lure and that pull is always there, right? And so it is making sure for me that I get the kind of, the, the medium right. Because it's like you say, we believe in the work that we do, right? I think there's huge, I believe in the value of the things that I'm trying to share. And I want to I wanna get that to people, right? As much as I can. Um, and that means, like you say, you don't want to get stuck in the past. Do you know what I mean? If I was... If I was still making posters and putting them up in the local community center to try and get myself, my message out there and to try and reach people in the way that I wanted, I wouldn't be reaching people in the way that I wanted, right? So you have to, and that's why the conversation has been coming up for us, isn't it? I think because Instagram, for example, is no longer going to be, you know, I've got to where I am on Instagram with the following engaged following that I have from from posting, like I wouldn't call them quotes, but, but you know, a sentence and then and then sort of going into a bit of detail underneath it that's not going to be Instagram anymore at all. Instagram is turning into reels, yeah? And they won't push really anything else. So, you know, if you want to get your message out there and you want 
the value in what you're doing to be seen, which we both do for the right reasons, right? Because I believe that I can create some meaningful change. Then you have to, you have to keep pushing out of your comfort zone. Otherwise you'll get left behind. So basically what you're saying is, you know, you have to not be stuck in the past. You have to adopt what's coming in that's new. So it's a bit like, don't stay fixed on roses, get into heroes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it is, contradictory. It, no, because segue, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but roses are still big in the game. Still massive in the game, mate. Uh, unlike I don't. I think they're probably bigger than heroes. With quotes. Uh, yeah, unlike posts with quotes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so uh, the term comfort zone uh, was originally coined by uh, a lady called J- Judith Bar- Bardwick, who was a management thinker in uh, 91. She said the comfort zone is a behavioral state within which a person operates in an anxiety neutral condition, using a limited set of behaviors to deliver a steady level of performance, usually without a sense of risk. So the idea is that, you know, we're safe um, and uh, it's it's a place of comfort because you, you, you're not in a place of anxiety. So when I say the word comfort zone to you, what what does what does that what do those feel what's that what feelings are conjured up for you? I wish I could get there. I don't know if I've ever lived my life in a comfort zone where I'm not when I'm not feeling a sense of anxiety or some kind of overwhelm. Is uh, that true? It, 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 are there, uh, is that a constant feeling that's yeah. always underlying for you? One hundred percent. Yeah. I never like if I get to a. It, you, you know, we, we joke about the, the whole ice bath that I do and I get obsessed with things like breath work and all of that. That's because they do bring out the opportunity for me to feel very close to not having some kind of anxiety or overwhelm. I mean, I genuinely do live most of my life. It's a constant for me. I, can't, I have to work really hard to not be in that fight or flight state all the time. Um, however... I do know like with the work that I do, for example, if you look at when I first started doing what I was doing, I was well out of my comfort zone, delivering workshops and all that sort of stuff. Um, I feel much more in my comfort zone now, um, delivering my resilience webinar, for example. I know that's my comfort zone because if I'm doing that, I really don't fret about it. It's there and I'm about to do it. If I've put a new one together, whatever it may be based on whatever anybody wants, then I'm, I'm well out of my comfort zone then because then I'm in that, mm. in that fear stage before it, right? I deliver it a few times in that fear stage. I can't remember what the next couple of stages that you talked about, but they resonated Yeah. Uh, before I get yeah. to that, you know, it becoming comfortable to deliver that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I grew up spending a lot of time in the comfort zone. Mm. and uh like inadvertently un- you know un- unwittingly spent you know spent time in the comfort zone and i think that's really formed part of my narrative um which which may seem odd if you look at me from the outside you know because i've you know i've had a you know a, a successful career who are you looking at uh, no, nothing. It's my window's just here, isn't it? And I always, well, I hear stuff, and Pay I think someone's please. pulling up. No, it's going deep there. Oh, I'm listening. I am listening. <laughs> no, no, I know. Just kidding. Sorry, um, what are we talking about again? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm um, joking. And uh, so, so on the outside looking in, you might think, well, I've always pushed. You know, I've always pushed, um, and I've had, you know, a career, and you know, we've, we, you know, we've moved, and you know, we've had kids, and all those sorts of things. I mean, that's nothing remarkable, but. Um, 
I know that I definitely put things off for a long time mm. before I, I really feel ready to kind of step out of the comfort zone, you know, to use the common vernacular. And uh, it will take me a long time. But once I get going, I sort of often go, oh, why have I left it so long? Why didn't I do this before? But I really stay in that state of comfort for a long time, which might sound odd for, for, to come from a coach. But um, the, the reason I wanted to bring this up today is because I don't think it is about breaking out of your comfort zone. But actually, what I love about that sort of those stages mm. is it's about expanding your comfort zone through growth and development. So it's not that I don't want us to get to a place where you push yourself and be in constant anxiety like you talk about. But actually, you've got to kind of go through that period, the fear stage, to then get into that new phase, which I talked about, which was, um, you know, the learning zone. And that's where you expand your comfort zone. So actually, what you're doing is you're building the skills, you're, you're building your uh, knowledge, and it gives you more confidence to, you know, to reduce the anxiety. You've worked through the fear stage and actually um, it just, you know, it, it helps you to, you know, expand your possibilities. Yeah. So I love the idea of leaving the comfort zone first, but then in that learning phase, you then kind of get into that, you know, you know, in post that fear stage, you get into that learning phase and then you grow even more. And I've realized that actually, if I think about my journey of going from being... Uh, an HR director into coaching and doing that and I feel really that's a comfort zone for me and because I can you, I can show up we can do the work um, the fear zone for me is you know m you know scaling and moving into into the whole you know tech tech business side that is completely overwhelming at times because I don't there's a lot that I, I feel like I don't know but I know that actually what I'm doing is as I do more and I experiment more and I ask questions and I meet new people, I'm actually just extending my comfort zone. So I feel way more comfortable now thinking about the vision and thinking about what I'm going to do than I did even six months ago or 12 months ago. Yeah. So I think it's about expanding the comfort zone. Yeah, I, I, I that's quite a simple flip, isn't it? Reframe or whatever. But I, I picture that in my mind of like if the comfort zone was a certain colour around me, say it was like, like a warm red or whatever it's not about yeah. spending my life stepping into the color out stepping out crossing that line all of the time it's actually putting my foot there so that then that, that red kind of expands out all around me so that i get to do more things and be more in my comfort zone yeah i love that man that's i do yeah. i really like that because it's quite a small thing but it is you always want to step outside of your comfort zone but so that you can expand yeah i really like that because you grow exactly and actually because I've been using this term life begins at the end of your comfort zone because I do believe that we we you know we put those sort of limiters but not because we don't want to do more but because it's it keeps us in that sort of safe zone mm. and so what we're saying is you've got to push yourself but it feels like if you do that you're in that perpetual state of fear and anxiety but it's not it's just to expand that zone which yeah is why I wanted to sort of talk about that so if we think about um you know, we sort of digressed a little bit around, you know, what people are doing. But what we're seeing is that pe what we're seeing when we see people dancing or showing up or making jokes or whatever, or, or creating content in a way that we don't. Part of it is, uh, you know, a taste and resonance thing. But a big part of it is just the fear of what we need to expand into. Yeah. And so f for me, I realized that I'm still in that space of, of 
creating content that just feels safe for me, which is writing eloquently and sharing things that are on my mind. I don't really communicate other than LinkedIn because that's my safe space. I need to head into that fear zone a little bit more and test a few things so that I can expand. And I may still just decide to work with LinkedIn, but my comfort zone will have expanded yeah. as a result of going into that sort of stepping out of that yeah. current comfort zone. And there is something to be said as well, by the way, for like another uh, part of this is that the early adopters of those spaces are the ones who do really well in it, right? And so if you kind of spend a lot of time looking in on the outside, you miss you miss the, 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 the boat in terms of being able to kind of rapidly grow in that way yeah um, yeah but there is something there is uh, something i would caveat it by saying is there is something about making sure that as you expand your comfort zone you do take time to enjoy the new comfort zone that you have created right before you kind of yeah start pushing into that next one because otherwise you can get always caught in thinking i need to expand my comfort zone i need to expand i need to go further i need to go further right and actually uh you miss you miss the real, the magic of where life is, right? Which is yeah. right now and in yeah. the present. And I think, you know, something I've been talking quite a lot about in some of the work that I do, right, is how when I got sober, I thought my life would be, like I dreamt of having my own business and getting to travel the world. And do, and to an extent, that stuff's kind of coming true, right? Or has come true with a lot of the stuff that I get to do. Um, but the real magical moments for me, and I've talked a lot about this on the podcast, but the real magical moments for me is like when I come round and I'm playing snakes and ladders with the kids and I realise for the last 10 minutes I've just been doing this, right? Or when I am sort of a little bit through a day and I think just I'm going to put everything down and go and pick the kids up from school. Like if I'm always trying to step out of my comfort zone all the time, I'll miss all of that. And one of the main reasons I wanted to do what I do today is to create more space for me to be able to be who I'm supposed to be, Right. And if yeah. I'm always looking for that next leap all of the time, then I, for me, I feel like I would have gone too far that way as well. So it's kind of making sure that, uh, I don't think you can ever s f get the pendulum to sit somewhere nice in the middle. It's always gonna swing, but you just gotta make sure that you're keeping it swinging in the direction that is right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, in, in the diagram I just referenced, it's it's called the comfort zone, the fear zone, the learning zone, but actually really it should be the learning and being zone. Yeah. And and that's it really. So I think that's the benefit of what we're talking about is not constantly being out of comfort zone, fear, back into comfort fear, but you know, that's, that's a really, that's a really kind of stress inducing way of living, isn't yeah. it really, if you think about it. But, um, but actually the learning and being is really important where actually you can just, that's where you're expanding, where you're starting to, you're growing more. So if we think about your journey, when we first met each other, the notion of doing workshops to corporate organizations was <laughs> beyond the realms of your possibility, right? Yeah, yeah. What you thought was possible. And when you started doing it, it was a very scary experience. But then the more you did it, the more it went from being sort of an almost um, alien workshop that you were presenting because it wasn't really you until I mean it was it was it was what you put together but you hadn't really been bringing it to yeah. life but then the more you did it the more it became you yeah and then you then started to weave what was really important you saw what was working you you, you know you became really comfortable going into big organizations with people all over the world mm. and you just knew that that they would walk away in a better place than they were when they came yeah. into your session yeah yeah 
and that's a good place to be in that and you were learning every time and it wasn't you were always going oh how can I do the next one or what can I do differently it was just you were learning and being in that yeah. space and that can take a year that can be six months it can be two years it doesn't matter there's no time on that zone I think. yeah yeah no so true <clears throat> so so um the the sort of the notion of of um anxiety and performance is it's not new it wasn't it didn't you know come up with a lady who, who who came up with the term comfort zone actually there was there was a couple of guys i'm just going to read here robert yerkes and john dodson um studied the the link between anxiety and performance and they were looking at um mice being motivated to complete mazes <clears throat> when given electric shocks of increasing intensity but up to a certain point they began to hide rather than perform so as the anxiety was increasing because of the fear of getting shocks they then just hid because they knew what was what was coming and they well, built up yeah. this knowledge and so they um uh came up with this thing called the yerkes dodson law which is the uh sort of the axis is you know on one side is performance and on the other axis is anxiety and so what happens is you know in the beginning um you have uh, a set a period of boredom that's where we're in that comfort zone and we're just kind of getting on we're just doing things and we sort of start to feel a lack of challenge and then what happens is your anxiety increases as your performance does and there is an optimal point where it's just the right level of stretching your performance and stretching that place of not knowing the anxiety but then if you try and operate too much longer and push your performance and keep pushing that space of anxiety you, you then set into this place of panic Mm. So you've just got to find the right sort of levels for you at the right pace. And it's a, it's a really interesting kind of way to look at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love that. That makes sense. So um, so as we think about um, you and what you need to do and what I need to do in terms of our <clears throat> uh, moving out of the comfort zone, what do you think you need to do differently? From a work perspective? Yeah. Um, I think I need to sort of think slightly bigger and start to try and think a little bit um, more ahead of myself. I have a tendency to kind of like just do the next thing and just try and do that and do it really well. And then I don't kind of get too much of a vision of who and what I could potentially be um, and potentially do. So I do think I need to do a bit of that and, and, go back to dreaming bigger again rather than because the comfort zone that I've built is quite comfy right mm. and mm. you know like in boxing they say um, it's a lot harder to get motivated for a fight when you're what is it waking up in a silk gown or something like that yeah in silk oh, slippers yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. they say oh, when do you, do you have a silk gown and silk slippers then is that what you're telling us yeah obviously yeah have you not have Come you not on, got that have you Come not got on, that Josh Mate, if, the, if, the, no, if, the tech mate stuff, yeah. if the tech stuff goes well, you'll get some. Um, <laughs> it's not my look. It's not my look, bruv. <laughs> um, but, 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 but it is true. I'm sort of doing um, all right. I'm doing uh, well, in, you know, and I'm very comfy in what I'm doing. But I do, you know, there's more for me and I want there to be more for me. And it's just to make sure that I don't lose sight of that. Does that make sense? Is that a good yeah. enough answer? Yeah, it does. It does. And I, I, I mean, I think the point of, of comfort uh bringing up comfort zones was just to show that it doesn't have to be this place that's binary that you know you either live in your comfort zone or you don't i think what the the, the point is 
um, that we just, you know, we have to go through that period of not knowing. Mm-hmm. And then once you understand the parameters of that, you then, you know, you start to learn and grow and expand a bit more. And I think I definitely play in that, in that zone sometimes for too long. Um, and that said without judgment against myself, I just, just better understanding of myself. Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, people will probably resonate with some of this because you know that those things that you tell yourself, I, you know, I need to do this or I should have started that or I, I regret not doing that. Actually, it doesn't need to be that significant. You just got to start testing the water a little bit. Yeah. And, and the best things in my journey in terms of the work that I do, the best things, you know, the best moments are born out of those when I did something that I was really scared to do and you're thinking, I don't know how this is going to go, right? They are the best moments when you come out, you know, that's when you're on the most high and you're most buzzing because you just did something new, right? And it come off and was amazing. So yeah, I think a lot of people will resonate with it because it's so easy to live in that, in, in, in the comfort. Cool. Um, all right. So uh, you had some uh, new photos done recently, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah what of it why are you laughing <laughs> yeah what of it <laughs> what are you laughing about? Um, are you happy are you happy with the photos but, listen I think they're good photos um, uh, I'll never be I never look at a photo of myself and think I look good in it which is kind of difficult uh, when you're it's trying to because you don't look good in it <laughs> <laughs> no you do you look you look dashed um, a lovable rogue um <laughs> But, you, you know, um, describe the photo that you showed me today. Um, okay. Uh, the, the, uh, it's, my, it's me in a Fred Perry collared T-shirt. I'm wearing the Fred Perry collared T-shirt exactly how it was designed to be worn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> filling it out in the, in the belly region. <laughs> but my tattoos yeah. are out. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. tattoos and are which, out. Which tattoos? And a St. George flag that I've got tattooed, that we've talked about previously on here, I think, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, we have, yeah. Is yeah. out on my arm, on my... Yeah. On my, and it's a big St. George flag because it's on my bicep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's huge. It's too big for the screen. Um, no, the... Re- look, uh, yeah, I, I sort of didn't even let you know that I was going to bring this up, but it just feel, it feels very relevant and topical. But um, Josh and I were having a conversation about whether that... Um, uh, whether that uh, tattoo of St. George's flag, which we have talked about in the past, whether that should be on show for your profile pic. Um, and I said to Josh, um, you know, there will be some people that who don't know you that will judge you based on that. Mm. And you then came back and said, well, actually, I'm at that point in my life where I don't really you know i don't care for the opinion of the people that you know i, I don't want to put words in your mouth so you you know you something like that yeah I'm, I'm, was something along the lines of you know if they're not on my journey with me then that's okay i think that's kind of the inference that yeah. you're saying um and and then i and i said to you know that i think you know from a values perspective that's amazing but from a kind of a business perspective it probably worth it's worth um a second thought and I just wanted to bring that up as a topic, not necessarily about your tattoo, but or, but more around like, can we really be our full, most authentic, you know, full authentic self in the public domain? Um, and should we care about, you know, judgments that other people make? So what do you think about that? 
I think... Um, P.S. Do you mind me bringing that up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to text you <laughs> earlier. Much. I was going to text you earlier and say uh, one for the podcast. Um, I, I Look, I think if I was just starting out, I'd be more concerned, right? So there's a certain amount of, I'm doing all right at the moment. So if people want to judge me, then I can be a little bit like, judge me, I don't, I don't need you, right? I don't say that in an arrogant way. I just say it in a way where I feel like I'm, you know, I'm able to be myself a little bit more in that way. I do from the perspective of the tattoo right i do sometimes think about it i do still sometimes think what do people think when they see it um my wife shows bulldogs right we've got bulldogs and um my daughters went to a dog show with her and then like they do like raffles and that there and they came back with an air freshener for my car you know that you hang down from the from the um mirror and it was a bulldog mm. with a Great Britain flag, right? No, St. George's flag, Great uh, right. St. George's flag. So of course the kids yeah. want it hang in the car because they got it for me. Yeah. But there was a bit yeah. of me that people that I thought made me think, well, if people see this, they're blatantly gonna think I'm some sort of racist, right? So I understand that. Um, but what I would say is that um, if you know me and you know who I am, then it shouldn't really matter. But to bring it to your point of the business thing, um, I, 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 I genuinely, because I thought about it afterwards, I think I was almost a little bit triggered when we spoke about it earlier. I was like, a, there was a little bit of me and it was a bit like, well, fuck you, if you don't like it, right, you can do one. Um, uh, you know. I, t- I did tell you I liked it, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. no, you did, yeah. And you said you, and you should I, use it. And you should use it, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of um, exaggerating a little bit in, in how triggered I was, right? But um, I think I w- there was a bit of me that was a bit like that. But I have thought about it today and I think... I think um, I think we all make judgments on things, right? We've started off the whole conversation about how we make judgments of people that are doing reels, right? So I think um, I think that's true. But this is me. This is this is who I am, right? And I've done a lot of work to be who I am. And I think if people really do want to make that judgment on me uh, without any further investigation, then more for them. And I say that, and I say that, I mean it as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was trying to draw that out of you today. Right. To be honest. And that's why I said you should use it and I like it. Because you have to show up authentically. And I say that really, I think we both have a position of privilege that we've partly worked for, you know, on the most part we've worked for, but we have a position of privilege, which is, uh, we have a network, we have uh, an audience, we have um, people that um, that trust us in the work that we do. So we, in, and we've earned, we've earned those things. And yeah. so, you know, we can show up in, in our full authenticity and know that some people are going to be down with it and others aren't and we're okay with it. Um, but not everyone has that privilege. And so, you know, it's not as easy for somebody to wear their, sleeves uh you know in the same way um but even for those people i really do believe that you've got to show up um uh as your uh authentic many selves as i've talked about in the past um you know you've got to be able to bring everything that you can but otherwise you're living a shadow and you're living to other people's um kind of uh uh judgments and 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 subjectivity and we got to, we got to move on from that because that's what that's what holds people back. It's what 
it's what holds people back, particularly from if you if you if you don't come from uh, a, a position of financial privilege and you're coming into the work world. It's those things that hold you back that you think you have to look a certain way, you have to behave a certain way. And we've got to break free of those those chains. And there will be some people that just will look at that photo of you, Josh, and go, oh, he's a he's a blatant racist. I'm not going to. Yeah. But they, we want to encourage the people that will be curious to say, oh, this guy says he's a coach. He's into resilience. He does all this breath work. He, does, he works with all these big companies. And he looks like that. Oh, that's really interesting. Let me go and find out his story. Yeah. That's the kind of people that we want to try and, you know, we, we want to shift the perspective. Um. But I wanted to ask you the question because I wanted you to embrace it and say, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's t- like I say, it has taken me a lot of work to get there, though, um, especially um, especially in the corporate world, right? I was, you know, goes back to what we were saying when we talked about the beginning of my journey at the beginning of this episode. You know, I, I like I, I had no idea how to be in this space, right? And I thought I needed to be a certain way to be in the space. And actually what I've been able to do over the last few years with the work that I do is become who become me and unapologetically me. I had a massive experience when we started this podcast at the beginning. I don't know if you remember one of the first few episodes that we did and I was down, you know, I was getting a lot of stick online about some, like some sort of political rant I'd had. Um, and I'm much more comfortable today with the fact that, um, that uh, that's what I'm like. I say things and go on little rants, right? I do that. And then... Ultimately, but what I do know about myself is that I have the curiosity to come back to who I am and to explore the things I said. So I, I am much more today, much more unapologetically um, who I am. Um, and, or but I think the point you make about privilege is really important. Not just the kind of privilege that we always talk about that, that you know, that, I is, that I've got because I'm a white male. But I do mean the position that I've carved out for myself as well and all of that work has meant that I can be unapologetically who I am because of the audience that I've established and because of the work that I'm now doing and the partnerships that I have. Yeah, agreed. I think um, also the, you know, we were extremely tentative about how we showed up on this podcast originally because you know the, a, a big part of us wanting to do this was to show our many selves our whole sides not yeah. just the, the, the necessarily the, the professional side that shows up and i think that has given us more confidence you know we link back to comfort zone we stayed in our comfort zone for a long time we then went into the fear zone of becoming podcasters mm. then we expanded our comfort zone to share our points of view it's expanded not only what we talk about the different perspectives that we challenge each other on, but also that then comes back into the work that we're doing. So I think, you know, it, it was clearly very cleverly designed, you know, me talking about all the bits and pieces today, um, uh, but uh, in terms of <laughs> comfort zone, <laughs> I knew exactly where I was going the whole time. Um, don't be fooled. Uh, but, you know, I think, um, uh, the, the, you know, even in showing up, uh, and wanting to show up, you know, uh, who you really are. And if you felt fear around it, you've got to go into that fear zone and just really start to just um, test it. And if that means, you know, um, having, you know, having a work, if it's, you know, something in the workplace, having a conversation with some people within the workplace to uh, to help you feel more comfortable in that space, go into that fear zone and then go into the learning zone. But the more mm. uh, connected you are to your authenticity and your purpose and your integrity, the better you'll feel, it's less hard work. Uh, you'll enjoy enjoy life more. You'll get to be 
you know all of the you know all you get to you know live all of your possibility in that space rather than in in the place where you have to hide so i would definitely encourage people understand it's a very unique journey for us it's different for somebody who's just starting out but you've got to find your fear zone and get into it and then move into that expanded living and learning and being zone yeah amen and and then that's what allows you to do that unapologetically authentic stuff right yeah 100 yeah. percent. completely off key here you don't have any tattoos do you right if you ha- no. if you had to get a tattoo what would you get and where uh, and that, uh, that question is to lady number two, please. That sounded that sounded like blind date. Didn't <laughs> yeah, it? blind date. <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. What what uh, what would you get and where? Uh, honestly, I f- I haven't thought about this. I used to think about wanting a tattoo. Uh, so I think it would be on my chest. A little one <laughs> under the rug. Um, Just a small one. And uh, what would it be? Uh, Sounds really corny, but I would, <laughs> I'd put, uh, I'd probably have no regrets tattooed. It's really, it's not really boring. <laughs> Turn it off, stop the tape, fucking. All right, I'm I'd gone. have an eagle. I'm gone. I'd have an eagle <laughs> with no regrets hanging out of its mouth, coming from uh, the, you know, um, burning flames. <laughs> How about that? Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> Josh is beside himself. He's so impressed with that. <laughs> no, I've no idea. I've Don't no ever idea. get a tattoo. Was that a joke? No, I'm not. Yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't think I'm a big fan of tattoos. I'm sorry to say, Josh. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no regrets. What, what? Okay, Let, let's ask you. Because this is digressing now. Compose yourself. What tattoo do you think? I should have. Um, I think you should get no regrets on your chest. No. Um, <laughs> I did not know that's where you would go. Uh, what uh, tattoo would I would if I was you? I would. I. No, I don't think you should get tattoos. This mate. isn't a serious conversation. So let's move on to <laughs> reasons to be cheerful. What are your reasons to be cheerful, Josh? No regrets. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back with you. My reasons to be cheerful is um, the uncommon man. I think it's the same reasons to be cheerful as I had on the last one. But the last episode, we were about, I was going to do it that evening, wasn't I? Um, And I just want to talk about how amazing it was. We're doing it again next week um, because of how successful the first one was. What I loved particularly about it, right, we had about 28 or 29 men uh, in a room together and it wasn't what you might it wasn't this typical big burly men coming together in a men's space that you sometimes hear the range of men there was like so wide ranging you know um, you had like a big muscly man you know man's man uh, to generalise sat next to like a really camp openly gay yoga teacher right and the things that were shared in there from these different men from different walks of life was just incredible. And then to finish with a massive breathwork session like we did and and, and boy did the men in there scream and cry and people have massive outbursts of emotion. It was incredible, mate. It was honestly incredible. Uh, it was everything that I hoped it would be. Um, and I genuinely believe it's the start of something 
um, very, very special. So that's brilliant. And, you know, we've talked a lot uh, about how important it is for um, for men to talk, because traditionally, historically, we just don't uh, uh, as a gender uh, be open and vulnerable. So I think that's really powerful. Um, my reason to be cheerful is uh, I'm going to get my tattoo. No regrets uh, <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> Uh, um, I thought you was going to say Liverpool flag or kids' names or something. No, 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 no. Um, no, I, I honestly hadn't thought about it, but uh, I'm now going to um, think about what tattoo I get in 22. Uh, no, my, my reason to be cheerful is um, just that we are coming to the end of the year and I don't, you know, I just, from from our perspective, we've worked really hard, me, me and the team, and... Um, we've we've had the you know the best uh we've had the best year in terms of the work that we've done and we've grown and we've just ended the year really well um and i just wanted to give a lot of credit to the team and people around me um because it yeah it's been tough and we've had a lot of personal challenges amongst ourselves and to come through it like this i'm just really grateful um i'm really proud of the team i'm really grateful and thankful for each one of them uh, so that's it. That's what I would say. And, you know, um, it's a really important thing to acknowledge that, you know, we all did this together. Yeah. No, that's, uh, look, having seen it and watched watched this, watched you and the team this year. Uh, yeah, it's incredible to see, mate. Lovely way to finish. No, I've got no regrets about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, uh, that's going to be committed. It's like, you you know, you can't ever... <laughs> Eagle come from? You can't take a tweet. Off. <laughs> oh no, that was a joke. I can't believe you thought that was serious. Um, I think you've probably got space for an eagle, a bald eagle, somewhere left on your uh, body for a my leg, mate. My, I've just finished my leg sleeve, so I've got the other leg left, and that's it. That's where it, that's where it goes then. No regrets on the calf, mate, with an eagle coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Capital R. <laughs> Capital R. On that note, right, Josh, I will see you next time for the last 115 miles of the year. Of the year, yeah, looking forward to it. We're going to do the big fat quiz of the year. Oh, brilliant. I don't know, I've just Can't made wait. that up. It would be quite good if we did. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Khan. Yeah.